Welcome everybody, I'm Mickey Browning and I'm the guest host for Authors on the Air. I have the great pleasure of chatting with Pamela Fagan Hutchins today about her new book, Her Silent Bones. Now, Pamela is a very accomplished author, so I'm just going to hit the highlights, but you might want to count along. Pamela Fagan Hutchins is a USA Today bestselling crime fiction author and a big horse and sled dog enthusiast. She writes novels featuring gutsy, strong, independent women who are as adept at getting out of the trouble that they invariably get themselves into. To say she's a prolific novelist doesn't really scratch the surface. She started writing the What Doesn't Kill You series of romantic mysteries. And while she planned to create maybe six books, she ended up penning 16, which at various times featured one of five different women sharing entwined journeys in settings ranging from Caribbean to Texas to Wyoming and back to the islands. Another way of looking at this super series is that it's comprised of five individual series. That was her warm up. Next up was the Jen Harrington Wyoming Mysteries. Two more titles for those who are keeping track, followed by seven more titles with an eighth novel launching in March of the Patrick Flint Wyoming based series. We're here today, though, to celebrate with her and talk about her latest endeavor, the Deputy Delaney Pace series, which launched just a matter of days ago. And when I say the Deputy Delaney series launch, I mean just that. The first three books of this new series were released simultaneously, which is just dizzying and something we're going to talk about because as an author, I've got questions. <laughs> so, so what are we up to now? 28, 29, if you count the book on the horizon, and this isn't counting the prequels, short stories, children's books, and not to be left out, the podcast Crime and Wine Novelist Chats, which I know from personal experience is a hoot and a half. Pamela's racked up the awards too. Amazon Charts Top 25 Bestseller, USA Today Bestseller, The Silver Falchion for Best Adult Mystery Winner. But what I find the most impressive, honestly, is that she has over 3 million books in the hands or ears of readers. And that's incredible, just like she is. Ladies and gents, Pamela Fagan Hutchins. Well, we're done. That's all I need. Bye. <laughs> oh, you do not get off that easily, Missy. <laughs> Oh, uh, I would never expect it from you. I, I'm a little terrified for you to interview me because you are, I tell you, incredible, badass woman, really quick. That would be Mickey Browning. <laughs> why, why, thank you. This ought, to, this ought to be entertaining, if nothing else, <laughs> at least for the two of us. Whether anybody else is entertained by it, secondary. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get after it. Um, Her Silent Bones is your reader's first introduction to Delaney Pace. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what her journey is going to be? Delaney is a wounded survivor. She um, uh, watched her father be murdered when she was 11 years old before her eyes. After a year before her mother had abandoned her, she grew up in foster care because her family, extended family, didn't want her. And when she finally launched under the tutelage of a, a sheriff who was her mentor. She just kind of fell apart and escaped to the road, became an ice road trucker and just ran away from life. Let the wheels okay. roll. Mm -hmm. Time out already. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember an interview where you said that the one thing you would never be would be an ice road trucker. Never. I have a good friend that um, did the Bakken, um, you know, ice 
field driving in North Dakota. And she's who inspired me to write this character because I was like, Daisy, come on, who does that? I mean, <laughs> you're nuts. Why would you? That's crazy. And um, and she's just awesome. So when Bookature was asking me to come up with a, a new series, and I'm thinking, I'm kind of happy with the ones I have. Thank you. But I thought, OK, if we're going to do this, let's take a woman who has been running from her past only to have to crash bang right back into it um, and have that past be not only all her wounds, but her attempts to escape them. And that'll give her extra special skills. So she's not just big quotes here, just, you can tell my fake background when I do this and my fingers disappear. Ooh, if anybody's watching, um, I love it. But she um, is not just a, um, a detective which in and of itself is awesome. I mean, look at Mickey, right? Um, but, yeah, sorry, delving into Mickey's past. Oh, please stop, no. <laughs> but she uh, is somebody that has great mechanical skills. She is really good in cold weather. She's physically strong. She's had to fight off men for various reasons her entire 10 years on the road. So she comes back bigger, better, you know, stronger, faster than she was before, um, but no less wounded. And she comes back because she uh, has her heartstrings tugged at. Her 11-year-old her niece has been orphaned, and she can really relate to that. And she comes back to take care of her. So she hangs up her keys, puts her hat in her hand, and goes back to the sheriff and, and gets her old job back. And on the first day of the job, with her brand new partner, who, by the way, is like smoking hot. So that's a problem. But she it's goes, always nice to have a smoking hot partner. <laughs> you know, I married my smoking hot co-worker. I understand how these things go. So I can't help but always throw that in. Um, so she she uh, goes to work with a smoking hot co-worker and, uh, from California, but we can forgive that. And he, they go up into the mountains for their first dead body. And it's someone that she recognizes. And this is not a spoiler. It's it's the launch of the book. It's her sister-in-law who was supposed to already be dead. That's why she's home is to take care of her um, orphaned niece only to discover, oh my gosh, how do I break this to this young girl? But her mom, her mom wasn't dead. Her mom was just gone. She'd been well, abandoned. You know, it's interesting though that you give her a child to care for when she herself has these abandonment issues. Right. And how does that complicate her life? Complicates it a lot because on, on the one hand, she has been used to being independent. I have to be independent. I have to not need anybody. I have to be on my own. And, and yet what she always wanted was to be wanted. So she has to take the parts of herself that have learned to be a survivor and set them in the corner and say, sit down, we have a job to do. And I'm going to do the job that nobody did for me. But it turns out it's a really hard job as, <laughs> as, as most of us uh, know, uh, kids are no, kids are no picnic. Absolutely. Um, they they are not. I don't have any. So as I was reading this, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what would I do? What would I do? And it's like, I don't know what I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You'd be like, oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, I do have to say something that I found um, not ironic, but prescient that her last name is Pace, because that was that absolutely defined how quickly I had to read this book once I once I got it started. So I had the good fortune of already reading this. For those of you um, who have it already, you'll know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, go ahead and get get 
get it ordered because you're going to find the same thing. Well, it was um, it was a a natural name for me because I felt it too. I mean, her life is all about you know the, the setting the pace, whether you're running from something or to something, and um, and it just felt very right for her. And I hope the books are fast paced. I mean, the goal definitely is to throw life and crime and bad guys and people that are being victimized at her as hard and fast as we can go. And now let's see what you can do, girl. <laughs> well, you, you succeeded and, uh, and so does she. But I'm curious, she kind of jump ropes, you know, she jumps back and forth over what most people would consider a line. Yeah, she what does. line won't she cross? Well, she has a sense of justice in herself. And I think that she does not have a lot of respect for other people's rules. She stays just enough on the right side of them that she's only spent a night or two in jail in her past. And uh, and so for her, the line is, am I doing what I believe in my heart is the right thing? And can I reconcile that with what I'm being asked and told to do somehow? And, you know, I, yeah, I should have called you, but I called my friend, um, Travis Coltiska, who's police chief of, of our little town of Sheridan, Wyoming. And that's the valley into Sheridan behind me, um, the view from our front yard. Um, and I said, help me not commit all kinds of law enforcement malfeasance here. Help me keep Delaney's sense of justice and right within the bounds, but just barely of what would possibly maybe happen, could happen, et cetera. And he was good enough to, as he critiqued the book and answered my 7,000 trillion, uh, you know, email, uh, text questions, he would circle things or do screenshots of things and send them back to me and say, okay, while this would not happen, I see where you want to go with this. Here's what you can do. Yes. <laughs> and I that's the dream. That's the dream consultant, right? Is someone that doesn't say no. They say, okay, I see your enthusiasm here. And, um, and we'll, we'll harness that and take it in this direction. So any mistakes I made were mine, but he did help me um, skirt the edges. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing with law enforcement. Um, there may not be a specific path that you can take, but there's always ways to finagle how it can work in fiction without yeah. being so um, flaunting of the rules that it would never apply. And, and, you know, somebody who's a little bit in the know wants to throw your book across the, across the room. I never got that. So, so <laughs> well, I wanted up. to be a little bit of a vigilante without being a vigilante, right? right? You know, that then in her heart, um, that may be who she is, but she's learned to navigate uh, within some very, very uh, fuzzy sidelines, if you will. And thank you. I'm glad I, I did not make you want to commit murder yourself against me. Okay. I have to ask you though, you really bag on the Californians. I do. And I've had a little bit of a personal stake in there because I spent a lot of my childhood there. So I was thinking about you and I did it. I was like, that damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I have a lot of neighbors from California and Wyoming. And so I want to start by saying that the very best of California ends up in the Rocky Mountain West, right? right. How'd I do yeah. there? Um, and that um, especially during COVID, large parts of the country found themselves 
housing refugees, if you will, from either coast where they were looking for a cheaper place to live, a different lifestyle, et cetera. And that that made a lot of us who were in places that we considered a sanctuary a little nervous. And that we have a problem occasionally in parts of, of Wyoming, at least, with people that are not from there. And I, I haven't spent my whole life in Wyoming. I spent some years as a child there. I've spent, you know, seven years as an adult there. But that people want to come to places they're not from. And there's their, their point of reference is wherever they came from. Right. And as much as they want to leave it, they can't help but bring who they are, which is partly a product of where they were, with them. And that can cause friction. Um, and I have a particular neighbor down the hill that I can't wait to, to take um, a shot at. But I'm not going to say any more than that. And no, it isn't a neighbor on my street. If any of my neighbors are watching, this is a totally different neighbor. than. <laughs> so let's face it. It's a rare character who successfully works alone. Yeah. And, um, and you have a new guy come into this equation and, and that's who we're talking about. It's the steamy Leo Palmer who is from California, who, yes. you know, has, you know, that's three strikes right there. Um, <laughs> but you've got trust issues and no one, I can speak from experience. No one wants to work with a new guy until, you know, they've got some, some time. Yeah. And experience. That's a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's thrown in with the new guy and, and she's supposedly the one with experience, but she's been gone and they start with trust issues. Um, the, the meet cute, if they will, is that he arrests her because she's um, she's playing vigilante. She's running after a bad guy um, before she's officially back on the job and, and and fails to identify herself appropriately as a law enforcement officer quickly enough for satisfaction. Anyway, so she spends the first night after she's met him in jail until the sheriff brings her out. So they have a little friction. Um but uh, I agree with you. It's very rare that you can write a character that does not have a supporting cast, if you will, of right. people that they bounce ideas off of. And that they I mean, you're riding in the car. Who are you talking to yourself? You know, I'm you know, I do that. But I didn't want Delaney to. And so um, I wanted it to be somebody that was her polar opposite and and that would contrast what I think is wonderful about her. Let me just take my friend Daisy that, it, that she's based on and tell you that Daisy is very feminine. She's beautiful. Um, and you wouldn't look at her and go, that woman drives you know, a truck and kicks men's ass for a living. She's just capable of that. Right. And so I wanted Delaney's to bring out Delaney's physical strengths and her femininity. And at the same time, have that same kind of dichotomy be able to exist in Leo, but a different set of skills. He's still a manly man, but he admits that he better give the wheel to Delaney when the driving gets tough. And she'd better turn the computer over him when, when somebody wants to analyze and use brains and do some planning because she's offline by the seat of her pants. So I wanted them to mesh in that way and maybe flip gender stereotypes a little bit with each other. Um, they're fun to put together. My editor said that someday that Delaney is going to eat Leo's lunch. Um, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We've got two more books to, to find that out. Um, but before we, we run out of time, I want to get down into the nuts and bolts of this first book. You released your entire series at once. And yeah. when I said I've got questions... I mean, I seriously have questions for you. Like, how in the world did you do that? Well, when I first started with Book Tour, they said, would you be willing 
And because I come from being the equivalent of a vigilante, I guess, in the book world is indie, right? I've been that indie, you know, rebel. I don't want to follow anybody's rules. And so when they said, would you be willing to try that? I thought, well, I'm coming to them because I'll just give a pitch for my publisher. They are fantastic with data. They're absolutely wonderful at selling books and at figuring out what it is that people what makes them read, right? What makes them keep turning pages? And I wanted, I wanted to work with that. And they said, let's, um, let's do three at once. And I said, terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so halfway through, I think more than once, I went to my editor and said, are we sure? How's this going for other people? And they said, the data still supports it. You know, if you're still willing, but up until the last minute, they said, if you change your mind, we won't do it. Um, I felt like what it made me do is go all out on the launch, but I'll tell you that what it forced me into while I was writing was kind of a depression. <laughs> it was like, you didn't get that lift that you get at the end of a book because you're just, that's just one third, you know, you're right. one third of the way done now, do another. I felt like I was writing Lord of the Rings or something, right? <laughs> because it's, It felt like the world's longest book. And so I didn't get that emotional lift, wham, wham, me. It was fine. Um, but it also allowed me to be making changes in book one and book two when I'd finished book three, going back and saying, okay, we need a tweak here. And here's the tweak and it's going to make it all better. And they were super about that. So all of my fears about working in this space, doing three at once, working with someone who was going to tell me what to do after I'd been, you know, thumbing my nose at the, at the world um, was great. I didn't like the original covers. I liked the artists, but not the covers. They completely redid them. I've been told, don't ever expect that. Um, you know, they let me do what I wanted to do and they helped me do it better. And then they did the release three in one. So we'll see how it goes. It has gone well so far. I'm happy. That's awesome. That's awesome because it's, it's an impressive feat. Um, it's, it's a terrifying thought that I'll ever be in the same position, but on the other hand, it's like, I'm going to be watching very, very intently how this works out for you. Yeah. Um, well, I got a message that said, let's talk about four through six, not let's talk about four, but let's talk about four through six of a feeling they're going to say, let's do exactly. But see, that's great. I mean, the confidence that they have in you is impressive. I mean, you've got the readership. It's it's a wonderful opportunity. And, and I certainly wish you the most on that. A um, couple of, um, one thing else I want to do is I want to ask you about humor because you and I talked about this once when, when we were talking, we both write books that have a lot of darkness in them. And so when you have that, you need someone like Skeeter um, yeah. Yeah. or you need Delaney's sarcasm and, you know, what she rips off um, as, um, you know, just side comments. Just some of them just made me laugh out loud, seriously. And, um, Talk how important it is to you to incorporate some comedy. It's a, it's kind of for me, I can't do it without it because I feel like life is hard. Uh, I, I also feel like people that work in dark spaces have to laugh too, right? Or, or life gets Absolutely. them really, really down. So I want, first of all, Annie, if I want to be authentic, whether it's setting or character or profession or or bad guy even as authentic as I can be, 
And that means that they have to have coping mechanisms and they have to have real relationships and we don't have to be so serious all the time. And whether it's a silly dog, there's a silly dog named Dudley in the books and he's not there all the time, but when he is, you just, you get a little lift, right? And it's a break because as a reader, for me, when I'm reading dark books, it wears me out, right? I mean, I can get really tortured by books where I don't have a lift. Um, and so I, tr I try to include that that lift for all those reasons. That was a rambling answer. But, but you know, levity, levity, levity is very important. Apparently, I can't say the word, but it's important. <laughs> I found levity in your inability to say levity. So <laughs> there we go. Entertaining for us. Maybe not so much for you guys in home. <laughs> Two introverts having fun amongst themselves here. <laughs> um, one last kind of, well, maybe two more questions. Okay. Um, a couple of years we spoke about small jurisdictions and writing about a place where, you know, everybody kind of knows your business. Right. Why did you choose this place in Wyoming for Delaney? I am so inspired by, um, well, the Rocky Mountain West for starters, and particularly um, that there are no big towns in Wyoming. And if you want to put somebody out here, it, you're not going to find a big city. And because it forces your protagonists and your other lead characters to have to rely on themselves. It, it, it puts, you just don't have backup. You have hundreds of square miles of wilderness and limited communication and long lag times for people to be able to show up and help. And so to me, that setting puts these difficulties that allow me to show off and explore what makes where I live rugged and special. And so Wyoming becomes an important bad guy and an important good guy in these characters too, because we're not set in a city. So your next one will be in California? <laughs> 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 with no with no shade on the people in Bakersfield who've been really wonderful because that is where I am in California for a year is Bakersfield but it's been great and my husband's job out here is great and it won't be forever and we'll we'll build them all a sad goodbye <laughs> when we go but I will not write a book in California you heard it here first <laughs> well tell us um normally I ask what you're working on next but uh, we we already know that where can we get your books well, and I am working on two other books and two other series right now. So of course you are. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> but as soon as I get those done, I'll be working on Delaney or I'm working on the outlines this weekend. The best place to get the Delaney books is to go straight to Amazon. Um, you can get print, you can get audio, you can get ebook there. Um, you can find ways to get to, if not purchase all my books through my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. I actually have every other book that um, that I've published is available there and everywhere else. But Delaney's exclusive to Amazon, at, at least the uh, 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 ebook is. Excellent. I always finish up with this same last question, and that's what have I forgotten to ask you that you wanted your readers to know? Oh, look, my goodness. Um, I think um, that they'd want to know about my new grandbaby. <laughs> You know, absolutely. <laughs> now, we um, we had two grandbabies born while I was writing these books, and I managed not to put grandbabies in yet because Delaney's too young, but it turns out they're better than having your own kids, so <laughs> pretty cool. Um, but I but I will eventually get to explore characters having offspring in the next generation, as it is now, 
I would say that this for me is the darkest series that I've written, right? It's the, it's got this, the, the killer point of view, the victim point of view, bad things happen to good people. Um, but at the same time, for those that have read my other books, it does ha still have those strong themes of relationship and family and community and um, see setting, you know, a strong sense of place mm -hmm. and that levity. So you're going to recognize me in these books at the same time as I'm going to take you down a slightly different road than I've been with you before. Um, from my historical, you know, family drama mysteries to my women's fictions mysteries to my legal thriller mysteries. This will be a new path, but you're going to you're going to feel it's familiar. And it's all one world, meaning that there are Easter eggs in these books for those that have read the other books. You're going to yeah. see pop ups. Um, if you if you dig around a little bit, you'll see the other series and the other characters. I do like that on your website. You also kind of give it a steamy rating. Um, you, you give it like the movies. So that's helpful for people who, um, you know, may not want to go into the to the R rating or or what have you. But all of your books have that, which is great. Right. If you don't want sex, stay away from this series. You don't want the upwards, stay away from this one. If you don't want a, you know, a serial killer, stay away from this one. And I think that's important because nobody wants to devote their time to a, a read that, that wasn't for them. So, of course, I think all my books are for everyone, but it's not true. <laughs> well, I have to say on the behalf of everyone on Authors on the Air, Thank you for sharing about this and best of luck on this series launch. I, I still can't get over that. I'm just going to, you know, take that to my grave. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing this so much. I was, for me, exciting that I was going to get the opportunity to talk to you again, but flip the mic. <laughs> flip the mic. <laughs> I went easy on you. you, you know, over a drink, we'll go, we'll go at it. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody.